This episode of the Retail This Podcast is sponsored by Coliseum Central Business Improvement District. The Coliseum Central Business Improvement District encompasses over 1,900 commercial acres and represents over 650 Hampton, Virginia property owners and businesses. Coliseum Central uses its resources to fund a number of projects, programs, and initiatives that are designed to enhance and improve the Coliseum Central District. Visit ColiseumCentral.com for more information. Today, we're joined by Sheila Latteberg, uh, Tarushik, sorry, <laughs> that's a mouthful, we were talking about that earlier, and uh, Abby Davids from Pedal Retail Advisors. Uh, thank you both for being on the show. Hi, thanks thank for you. having us. Thanks for having us. We're so glad to be here to talk to your members and to chat real estate. Excellent. Oh, yeah. so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys do and what uh, Pedal Retail Advisors is? Sure. So uh, Petal Retail Advisors is a retail real estate brokerage and advisory firm specifically built for independent retail businesses. So we, do you want me to, I'll just keep telling you a little more. So, yeah, so anyways, so we, so Petal, we founded Petal back in 2020 ever after having like both Abby and I, like witnessing through our careers, both Abby as a commercial real estate broker and myself as a longtime retailer and business person, we saw the immense challenges that retailers face when they have to enter the commercial real estate ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And we went, we decided to change that because, you know, through Abby's experience, you know, Abby has worked with landlords and retailers, big and small, on a bajillion transactions and saw from her end how difficult it was for small, new, independent retailers of all shapes and sizes to do everything in the process between getting a landlord to take them seriously, to knowing how to negotiate a lease, to making it to opening day you know, with, with sort of everything intact how difficult that was, you know, from the perspective of a commercial real estate broker and myself as a retailer, I experienced the commercial real estate world, really like the good, the bad, and the very ugly on like a personal and business level and many different experiences. And so we had the good fortune of meeting back in 2018. And in 2020, we decided to start this business together because we felt like there has to be a better way. There are so many great retail businesses that are either just starting up or have been in business for a really long time, you know, who need assistance when it comes to commercial real estate and the existing system just is not set up to support them. So we decided to create a business with their needs specifically in mind. Yeah. And, and not only do they need assistance, but we can deliver such tremendous value. It's just super exciting that like knowing the right questions to ask and the right ways to ask them can result in a totally different outcome, like a, a much better lease that allows you to be much more successful in the future. And that is so motivating to us that we can help people who are on the front lines doing it retailing. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Exactly. So the, the, at the core of what we do is this sort of brokerage, which is when you need to find a space for your business, either you're looking for one or you're renewing your lease or you're opening a second or third or seventh location, we handle that experience sort of soup to nuts of like looking for the right thing, negotiating the deal and doing all that. But we do it a little differently where we combine 
education, business plan consulting, and coaching to give new and independent retailers the, the assist and like the necessary handholding that businesses need to be informed about what is in most cases like the single most financially consequential decision that, that they may make. I mean, we love to tell our clients all the time that signing a retail lease is more serious than getting married, less serious than having a baby. And so it's it's no joke. I mean, you're making a at least a five to 10 year uh, commitment that requires like financial and emotional and all in your lifestyle commitment. And so it's something that you really need to fully participate in to make sure that you uh, you know what you're signing and that you feel good about it. So talking about that a little bit, um, you mentioned like the length of a lease. So when someone's um, prepared to, you know, find a, their, their new storefront somewhere, how do they know the things to look for? Like, you know, what if they only want a one-year lease? Is there certain places that will do that? You know, is, it, is that what you help with as well? Or is it, uh, you know, it's going to have to always be a five-year, you know, inclusions with this or exclusions with that? I mean... Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people are starting from scratch with no knowledge. Is there a minimum <laughs> that they should know? That is a great question. There are, like in life, there are no set hard and fast rules. If you want to open up for one day at a farmer's market, you can do that. If you want a 10-year lease, you can do that. Uh, the norm for commercial leases is anywhere from five to 10 years, um, and it is which is not to say that there aren't pop-ups, you know, things that are maybe a couple months to really anything under two years, we would consider to be a pop-up. Um, and for a lot of people, that is a great sort of entryway into testing out if you really want to be open and operating your own store uh, for years to come. But uh, it is easy to think that that is going to be that you're managing your risk a little bit by just having a couple of years. Um, and so we do talk with our clients a lot about the benefits of signing a longer lease, five years, 10 years, because businesses take a long time to start to click and be successful. If you're gonna open anything that's gonna need a build out, so it's gonna need construction, that's pretty expensive and you need enough time that you know for sure you're going to be able to generate revenue in your space to make you whole for that build out and then yeah. start to make money on top of it. Um, with that term commitment also comes the ability to get more things from the landlord that sort of bridges the gap because it is not our expectation that anybody has a money tree in their backyard. Most new retailers opening a store, even retailers signing 10-year leases are not just independently wealthy. Um, so anyway to that end our philosophy is always that where there's a will there's a way yeah and i would also add to that that our engagement with our clients as sort of wherever they come in to 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 our business it always starts with the business plan like we love talking about business plans because that is the foundation of everything right not just because a landlord, a potential landlord's going to absolutely expect to see it. So will a banker, so will an investor. But it's because you really need to 
put the thought into how this business is going to work. How mm. is it going to work? Do you understand you know, who your target market is? How are you planning to operate? What are your financial projections? Like, No one wants to write a business plan. We, that's a story for another day, but you know, it, it's, it's such an essential piece of the work. And, and that's why we always start the conversation there. And um, Joey, it, it really goes to one of your questions also is that your business plan gives you the answers to those questions, right? Your business plan is where you get the, what we call uh, space, location, site criteria, right? So if your restaurant, depending on the menu that you plan to serve at your restaurant, that's gonna tell you whether you need um, certain ventilation. What kind of hood is it? Do you need parking for a catering van? Do you need like special, you know, delivery entrance? Do you need ceiling heights of a certain height? So the business plan is where you really think through all the elements of your business and articulate what you need in a space. Where, like, where should it be located? Not just in your market, but also like where where does it need to be so that you can have access to all of your operational requirements so you know we really operate from this sort of core uh belief that when it comes to bricks and mortar retail that is one thing right there's no there's no separation between the brick and mortar and the retail like your space is only right. Your space only works for you if you can do operationally what you need to do in your business mm -hmm. and your operations only function smoothly when the space is right and when it's located in the right place. So you really can't have a conversation about one without the other. Makes sense. And to stay on that point for just one second, it's really common because Kylie, you asked, how do you even know what's available and what's possible and what landlords are going to do? Yes, of course, it's important what landlords are willing to do or not willing to do. But what's more important is to start by really understanding what you need and what you want. Because uh, when you're just responding to what's coming into you and, and offers, it's hard to make a decision that's going to be the right decision for your business. So starting with sort of a blank whiteboard and saying, what would be the very best thing for my business, for my lifestyle, et cetera? Uh, is a much shorter path to success. Yep. Excellent. So as far as what you guys do for business owners, is this something that you see business owners trying to do on their own and you guys have to sort of come in and help them? Is this something they got the business plan so they think they can just go find somebody? Uh, how do you talk to those kind of business owners that have it in their head that they just want to do it themselves? Well, um, Wow. Uh, people come to us. We encounter people at all from, from all angles. People think sometimes that you, I mean, you can absolutely do it yourself, right? You are not required to have a broker to engage in a lease negotiation. Like you, you can do it on your own, you know, as the person signing the lease. Um, but we can talk for days about why it's essential, like why you really need to have a, a broker and not just a broker, but a lawyer when it comes to your leasing. But um, we get referred a lot of people either by choice or, you know, through someone else sending them to us because people have sort of encountered the difficulty and already had kind of a bad experience trying to do it on their own, either 
with a lease that didn't work out or feeling like they keep calling numbers and no one's calling them back or they started working with one broker and then like they felt like their calls were getting ghosted because they didn't sign any deals. So um, there, people come to us from sort of all different experiences and most of them tend to not be the best ones from having, um, you know, experienced it previously. Wow. So what stage of planning does someone reach out about lease, like negotiation and stuff like that, or even getting your services? Is it, do they, and you were saying that you help with business plans. So someone maybe just needs to have an idea or like how far on the process of a business plan, are they ready to talk about real estate? If, if you do not have a store open and you are listening to this podcast, we can help you. It, it can be from just the earliest idea of I might want to open something. Um, and for clients like that, we've got, well, number one, we have a ton of free resources on our website about this process. And those start at the various early, the very earliest stages of ideation. Um, but we can also, we also do sort of one-time um, test ride consulting where we'll help you talk through like the business implications of what you're trying to do the lifestyle implications um, and, and help people sort through if this is really something that they want to do. Um, but we can support people all the way through. So we'll have people who will come in with a business plan partially completed. We'll help them get it over the finish line. We'll have people with a finished business plan and then we'll do representation. We will even have people who are halfway through negotiating lease. Maybe they have another broker, maybe they have another lawyer, but they're just like not feeling great about it and want a second opinion. We can do that too. Um, so, and yeah, we help businesses who have been, you know, operational for 25, 30 years in, you know, one location who aren't seeking to open, you know, additional locations, but they're renewing their lease again. And they want to go back and ask their landlord for, you know, some solar panels on the roof or some help with an expansion or like refreshing their space. So we can really work with, um, independent retailers at sort of all stages of, of their business life. Okay. Yeah, because start opening a business obviously costs a lot of money. Um, you can spend a lot of money in a lot of places. And so like when we think about the very earliest stages, like this is a really great place to start, like to, to really qualify if you want to do this before you start with the branding or, you know, whatever it is, any of the umpteen places where you, you know, could start. Also, it's, it's really intuitive to people. We see this a lot that they are thinking about opening something and it's sort of still coming together in their head. And the first thing they do is pick up their phone and call a leasing sign. Like they see a space in the project that's right next to the grocery store that they go to all the time. Um, it's, it's natural. The leasing sign says to call the number, but what happens is the broker or the landlord on the other end is like, you see, they're like drug sniffing dogs, detecting somebody who doesn't have a business plan or, or doesn't know how much money they're going to need to raise. They are trying to get you off the phone as quickly as possible because mm. typically brokers work with brokers. Um, it's just going to be really clear that you're not in a position to really enter into this process yet. So um, nothing, yeah. nothing can be undone, but yeah, don't, don't start by calling a sign. Well, Kylie, I want to point something out to you real quick. 
this podcast is going shockingly fast. And I know this is a topic that you're really interested in. So I'm looking at our outline. Ask some of your favorite questions. Let's make sure we get to the ones that I know you really wanted to get to. Well, some of the things are terminology. I think um, people talk about exclusions, inclusions, concessions, and things like that. Talk a little bit about that and, and what these things are. Great. Um, that's a great question, Kylie. Um, <clears throat> so commercial real estate has its own language. And unless you have had reasons to engage you know, with this ecosystem before, you'd have no reason to know what some of these are. Mm. Triple nets, exclusive use, things like that. So um, there are a ton of terms that are in the lease negotiations. Retailers typically really care about maybe a dozen of them because they like really, really affect your business. Um, but the, the sort of the practical, what happens in, in sort of the normal world, right? Is that business owners or would-be business owners or retailers start this process they encounter these these terminology the, the terminology the, the words that they've never seen before and automatically they are put on the defensive and automatically they feel like everyone can see that they don't know what they're doing and they feel stupid and they know that they feel like well if i raise my hand and say well what does this mean or what does this mean then everyone will know i'm a fraud and i can't do it and and we just start from the fundamental assumption that you are not expected to know what these terms mean when you begin this process. Right. So what we do is when our clients come into our brokerage system, we have literally, there are six hours of video content of their like one to three minute videos of every single term that you would possibly encounter in oh, wow. an LOI, in a lease, so that we don't expect you to know them, but our clients have the benefit of like receiving the first draft of their LOI, their letter intent before they go to lease and sitting down with this document that they've received, having all these videos and clicking on the videos that explain what all these terms mean. So they can at least understand, well, should I care about this or not care about it? Like how much, like which, which hill should I die on here for my business? So yeah. We basically, uh, and from, from our perspective also, these are really important terms that you need to know because it's your negotiation, it's your deal, but mm -hmm. you, you don't need to come into it knowing what these things are automatically. But having this, uh, having the knowledge, being able to prep yourself for meetings with the landlord's broker or, or participating in the conversation, the, the more knowledge you have, the more confidence you feel and the more ability you have to make smart decisions because you're not sort of operating from a feeling that people are gonna think you're dumb because you're not dumb. You are perfectly, you, know, you are capable and you are the master of your craft you're just trying to open a bricks and mortar business and there's no reason you should know what these terms are before. So um, yes, that is oftentimes where people get really tripped up is because you start, you, you know, you're kind of handling it on your own. And Joey, this is speaks to sort of many, a common retailer experience of kind of going it on your own. You go out there, you know, you're having you know, some negotiations and then you get the first drafts back of what an agreement would look like. And you're like, I don't even know what like 30 words are. 
on this page. And there are things that you can Google it, but you have no idea what the context is or like why you should care or what matters. So that's- Yeah, the, and we- Yeah. We just told you not to call signs and really don't, but some basics to know so you are not confused if you're gonna do it anyway, because I know that there will be people that don't listen. Rents, <laughs> rents are quoted per square foot per year. Um, everywhere except California in the US. So that's what they're saying. The rent that is quoted to you is gonna be an asking rent. It's gonna be a starting rent. So it could be negotiable. It's probably gonna be a base rent. What that means is there are gonna be additional charges on top of that, uh, which are most often triple nets that we just mentioned. People might mention the triple nets, they might not, but triple nets are uh, also called pass-through costs. They're costs that the landlord has to pay to maintain the property that they're gonna then bill you for. So it's not like it's revenue coming into them. Uh, it's real estate taxes, it's common area maintenance, that kind of thing. Um, so just two super basic terms that if you are you know, call, interacting with someone in commercial real estate, they're gonna quote rents to you in dollars per square foot and do expect that that's gonna be a base rent. There are gonna be additional charges on top of that. Yeah, and you know the other thing is that Kylie, the you know before you would go to lease, uh, before you, anyone starts paying their attorneys to review what ends up always being like a thirty to seventy page document, mm -hmm. you do what's called an LOI, which is a letter of intent, and the LOI is a short form document where you and the landlord hash out the most important business terms. Like how much, like how many years are we talking about here? What's the rent gonna be? Is the landlord gonna give me money to help with my build out? Um, you know, uh, what, I'm, what, what kind of use, what kind of business can I have in my space? So there may be, um, you know, a dozen, maybe 15 terms that you're gonna hash out first, but that's sort of the first time that you start um, encountering these terms. But that's really the LOI is, a, is a sort of a phrase that you hear or a word that you hear um, tossed around a lot. It means a letter of intent. And that is a non-binding document that you and the landlord negotiate before anyone starts writing like the actual legal document of a lease. I wondered about that. Yeah. How contractually, uh, tight yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's non-binding and that's good. I mean, it, because you want the ability to say, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. Like we can't come to an agreement on this or, or whatever. I won the lottery and I'm not doing this anymore. Right. You can, you can leave. Um, and likewise, the landlord can also fail and continue to market the property to other people. But in LOI, and, you know, you're sort of in good faith, you know, pro proceeding in the earliest stage. It's like dating. Yeah. But, but just like dating, you should expect that the landlord is going to be dating multiple people. You might be doing the same. That is totally fine. Uh, and, and your broker is, because you have taken our advice and have hired a broker, your broker is going to be negotiating this LOI for you. Um, but you, brokers are typically paid with brokerage commissions. They are not paid like per the number of LOIs they negotiate. Um, and so the, the purpose is to make sure that you guys are on the same page about the very most important business terms before everybody starts paying lawyers on a lease. Once everybody starts paying lawyers on a lease, at that point, we're not dating other people, right? Like we're, we're engaged at that point. So it doesn't mean that we're 100% gonna get married, but we both have the intention to move forward. So yeah. if, you, if you had um, 
you're a broker, you've got two different people who are going after properties. Do you have exclusivity in terms of the real estate you show or is it, in, you know, if you, they're both your clients, can you say you both can look at it and the first one to get it or the better deal gets it? Like, <laughs> Okay, but, so, so in this situation, we're representing two tenants looking at the same space? Yeah. Well, it's an in, that's an interesting question. And I, I would say that um, because people's businesses are so different, they're just like people. It's like they don't necessarily want to marry the same person, right? Like, like you can have two tenants, you could have two, you know, cupcake shops, but like the fact that like the likelihood that they both want the ex have the exact same requirements, want the exact same space is like pretty rare because mm -hmm every business is different and the operational and sort of market requirements of every business dictates the kind of spaces that they're after. So, um, so it is sort of, every business needs something different. I mean, Abby, do you want to clarify that at all? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, it is possible. It is unusual that that happens, but I think like coming back to this broker conversation and why we say it's so important to have a broker, we know that a lot of people have had bad experiences with brokers or brokers have a bad rep for a lot of reasons. Um, and the scenario that you point out is a really good one. Fundamentally, when you're hiring a broker, you really want to make sure that you trust them. So for us, we don't feel like, I mean, we haven't had this situation happen, but it could, right? Um, and if we're acting in good faith, you would disclose sort of as much as you can to both parties without betraying confidentiality. Um, mm -hmm. Because ultimately you have a fiduciary obligation, which is legalese, but as a broker, um, you do to, to represent both clients. Uh, but it's much more likely that the threat is not gonna be coming from inside the house and like that the person looking at the same space as you is gonna be someone that you, know, you, you don't know about. They've got a different broker and just the landlord knows. Yeah. And, and that's also um, sort of brings it back to the point of like the importance of the business plan is that your biggest competition for a space that you want is, is coming probably represented by somebody else's broker. And that's why your broker should be your biggest cheerleader and your broker needs your business plan so that they can represent you in the best light. Like your broker's job is to sing your praises and to show property owners why they not only should lease to you, but should really desire to give you a good deal to get you into their property because of what you're going to be bringing to their business as a property owner. So you want yes. someone who is interested in your business, who sees what you're doing, who cares about how you're going to be successful and is, is so excited to go to bat and to hype you up to landlords to say like this, this business should really deserve this space and you should give them a great deal. And that's true, whether you're opening your 10th location where it's pretty easy to do that. Or if you are the, this is the first time you're doing it, like your broker should understand what you're doing and you should feel like they are in your corner and they are there to make you look good. Yeah, so, that's a great we, point because, oh, sorry, Joy. No, you can go. Well, I just was going to say, so in that scenario, two, two retailers going for the same space, uh, it is often not just going to be the rent that's going to win the day. It's not necessarily 
who can pay more. A a good landlord is going to want the best fit for the project, and it's going to be sort of the sum total of all the parts of the deal. Yeah. Well, Kylie, we are running out of time. I just have one question. One more. Okay. Last last question, Kylie. (laughs) Like with um, brick and mortars struggling, um, we all know that. Has have you seen changes made by landlords who are struggling themselves, being more accommodating to you know, people who are wanting to lease the space, are they being as picky or is things sort of swapping around? Like, you know, when you say it's a renter's market or it's a, you know, so has, have you seen any changes like that? Um, that's a great question. So when you think about bricks and mortar hurting, it, the story for the tenant, like for the actual retailer, at least in, in my eyes, is a more positive one because there are more ways than ever to diversify your revenue. You got to be online. So it's not just bricks and mortar. You've got an online presence too. To your point, Kylie, the person who's hurting is the landlord, especially if they had a deal where they're getting percentage rent, which is a structure where some portion of the rent is based on the revenue that's being generated out of the space. Well, if I'm selling my cupcakes online now, landlord, you don't get any of that rent. And not only that, you don't get insight into what I'm selling anymore. Um, so it's it's not quite so simple as saying like, oh, it's, it's a renter's market, it's a tenant's market, but it does feel finally like the balance of power is shifting a little bit back from those landlords to the tenants. Um, and so that's why we're so passionate about what we do in matchmaking, aspiring retailers who have the grit and have the hustle with a great broker who's going to position them appropriately because landlords want to say yes and they want to say yes to local not just because they want their space lease but because there's demand from consumers to have see local businesses and not just see chain after chain after chain um so it, it really is as simple as knowing what to ask for and how to ask for it yeah okay great thank, thank you, you. Well, thanks, Joey. Perfect. That was a very interesting conversation, and we all learned a lot. Uh, Sheila, Abby, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, how can people thank get a hold you. of you? How can they find you guys? Thank you so much uh, for having are, us. Yeah. Yeah, we are on the World Wide Web, uh, pedalretail.com. We are on Instagram at pedalretail. Um, and we, like I said, on that website, you will see we have a ton of free resources, including a weekly newsletter um on topics like this so uh stay in touch we'd love to hear from you awesome well thank you guys so much yeah all right you've been listening to the retail is podcast if you've enjoyed what you heard you can find more at retailalliance.com slash retail dash is dash podcast or you can search youtube for retail alliance i'm joey morgan and i'm kylie ross seibert thanks for listening 